morning. Am I in there? Or am I not? Ah, there I am. Good morning. You know, I, I don't know why we don't say Happy Mother's Day to the dads, because after all, they are responsible for mothers becoming mothers. So, Happy Mother's Day to all you dads out there. And happy Mother's Day to all you mothers, past, present, and future. So, um, so here we are. Beautiful Sunday morning. It's glorious. And uh, isn't it great that we have a God that we can trust and have confidence in and that He has given us no reason to... Uh, uh, to think otherwise than that he would, of course, come through for us. So having said that, I could probably be done now, but I'm going to talk about it for another half an hour. So. <laughs> Jesus, we just thank you for your uh, faithfulness and your love and uh, your graciousness to us. And uh, God, we just pray that today you would bind the flesh, the carnal mind, have and loose your spirit in this place, God, that our... Uh, Ears would be open to receive what you have to say to us. God, I, I pray that uh, that you would do and say in this place uh, exactly what you wish. Lord God, you know the needs in this place. God, and uh, and I know that you are, are here in this place today. God, you have covenanted to, to meet with us and, and do those things that we need. Lord God, and we want to hold up our end of the covenant as well. God, in in trusting you and, and praising you and doing those things, those little things that you'd have us to do. In your precious name, Jesus, amen and amen. So, typically on Saturdays, that's kind of my, my day that I don't really, I try not to do anything if I can help it. And uh, um seems like something always comes up on Saturday. And... Uh, uh, I was selling my house, of course, and I had a broken window, and I got somebody, to, uh, Brother Mike, to help me replace it, and he wanted to do it yesterday, which, like, you know, if I think you want to do it on Saturday, I'm I'm down with Saturday. Saturday it is. And so, uh, um, by the time we got that done, my dad called me, all sheepishly, and he's like, hey, I hate to bother you, I know Saturday is your, your day off, your day that you kind of relax with fam and everything, but I really need some help with this little project over here, if you'd give me a hand. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I went over there. I'm thinking this would be like, you know, an hour maybe. And it turned into hours and hours. You know, we had He had uh, pulled the doors off of his shed, and he'd gotten a custom-built uh, roll-up overhead door, like the ones you see on, like, storage units. They're real flimsy doors. And, um, and uh, it's funny because, you know, you do projects and and this always happens to me you think you're following the instructions and then you get to some point and you're like oh I screwed this up back here so now I got to take all this apart and then do it right and so on and we kept doing that and uh, and it was really interesting because I hadn't done a project with my dad in a long long time and uh, I mean when I was a kid he was not allowed to work on the cars because he would uh, shout expletives and throw things and uh, eventually my my mother forbade him from working on the vehicles anymore. And, of course, we were always buying some 
uh, some assembly required item. And uh, I remember spending many a Saturday afternoon watching my dad trying to put some stupid thing together and complaining about the the uh, stupid Japanese instructions and everything. And it was really interesting because um, here we are working on this project and it was not going well at all. And uh, he was just as patient as could be. Like I, I heard him curse once the whole time we were I was there, and uh, I kind of wanted to too. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> um, you know I had never been interested in stuff like that when I was a kid, but being an adult, you kind of have to learn to do stuff. And uh, so it was kind of interesting standing around all manly with my dad, figuring out how to do this thing. And, uh, it's a very weird experience for me, honestly. Um, but uh, you know how the, the quiet kids are always the one that they get really wound up and then they snap. I was thinking about that because this garage door in the inside this little, it's got this drum that the door is wrapped around and it's got like a little spring ratchet thing in there. And it was under a rather large amount of pressure, of course. And uh, they tell you explicitly, don't unwrap it until you get to this point, this part of the step right here, then you can do it. And make sure you don't let go of it. And so we get to that point, and we cut it, and it was on backwards. So there was no feeding it into the tracks. And, of course, as soon as you, you undid it, it goes, <laughs> and so then we're trying to roll it back up. And, uh, and I realized it was backwards, pointed that out. So we took it off. Tried to roll it back up and strapped it all back together. In the process of rolling it up, though, you know how they have those uh, warning labels on the all, every garage door apparatus you've ever seen? It's like, you know, this should only be messed with by a professional. If you're not a professional garage door person, don't mess with it. And so we were rolling this thing up, and uh, uh, I was holding on to the little bracket to keep it from hitting the floor while we were rolling it up, and uh, I lost it. And it, it like, spun around and just nearly broke my arm. It was awesome. And uh, uh, so then later, once we got the door put back up and everything, uh, we, we couldn't figure out the tension. It, was, it would get really tight, but it wouldn't wind, wind up on the thing. Finally, I told my dad, hey, um, I'm, I'm picturing the headline, like, two Baldwin men in the hospital today. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe we should call a professional. And he, he agreed. So... But it was uh, it was an interesting experience, and, and I said all that to say that, uh, well, for one thing, it's really interesting to see what God does in people's lives, even when they're not really walking with Him, because you know, I've, you know, I've prayed for Him and over the years, and uh, uh, it's funny how as you get older, you see your parents pop out of you, and uh, much like you popped out of them, but. Uh, you know, I was just telling Cynthia, being Mother's Day and all, it's fun seeing the the kids, uh, you know, seeing her personality come out of the children. They they always said that uh, they would set her food down in front of her and say, now this is hot. Okay? And she would immediately take a bite and go, you didn't tell me it was hot. <laughs> so I got Levi this bowl of cream of wheat yesterday. I set it down in front of him. Was like, and it had been sitting for a while. I was like, now this is really hot. Okay? And uh, he's like, okay. I walk away. I come back in the room. He's like, oh, God, it's hot. Ah. I was like, but you picked up the bowl and moved it, and it's steaming. It's hot. So, so I, at least I knew where he got that. But 
you know, anyway. So my, it's funny because when you're going to, when you're going to be ministering, you know, you, you, you want something from God. You need something from God. And um, there's something about having these things that you kind of have to do. Uh, there, it's, it's a weird gray area sometimes of, well, I have to do this, and yes, I have to do this, but I also have to set this aside for right now. And, uh, um, you know, my dad thanked me over and over again for helping him, and I, I just told him all to drop in the bucket you know, compared to all the things that you've done for us and helped us out with over the years and everything. And um, So by the time I finally got a chance to, to sit down and, and spend some time in the Word, I entered into the rest of the Lord immediately. And uh, finally, after a couple hours, finally dragged myself upstairs and just went to bed for the night. Um, but I was, and I was praying this morning, and I was thinking about having confidence in God. Uh, because um, you know, I realized it's not that I have I don't have anything uh, that I you know bring to the table when I when I come here. It's uh, it's something that God does. He just needs somebody to show up and do it. So um, or let Him do it, as it were. And so so I was thinking this morning about about having confidence uh, in God. And uh, who knows what the uh, the middle of the Bible is geographically, more or less. You count up all the verses. What's in the middle? Psalm 118.8. It's better to put uh, trust in the Lord than to have confidence in man. So nice, nice little thing to put right in the very, very middle, between the shortest and the longest chapter, no, no less. But. Uh, um, I think that's a, a really great thing. Turn with me to Isaiah 30. I think I'm going to go there first. But I was just thinking about that this morning. I thought, what a what a perfect perfect thing to put right in the middle of his book. It's better to trust in the Lord than have confidence in man. And so in, in Isaiah 30, he's kind of talking about that more or less that very thing. You know, of course, we know that that religion or that Egypt is is a picture of religion. Um, you know, the thing, the and the thing that I would uh, I would add about that is that religion relies largely on uh, you to to uh, uh, to do it. Uh, it relies on your flesh. It relies on your mind, and and uh, and that's why. Um, much of Western Christianity has become little more than a self-help group, and uh, with a motivational speaker at the front. But uh, you know, there's there's only so much you can do, and and there's a lot of things that, that you can. There's a lot of things that you can't. And uh, having confidence in God is is paramount. So so he talks about um, relying on Egypt. And I don't think I'm going to read all that. But he says, um, where's a good place to start? Well, hmm. Okay, how about uh, seven? 
For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. And therefore have I cried concerning this. Their strength is to sit still. So, so it's not really not really doing any good the the uh, the, the things that of Egypt. So, so go and write it in a book before them in a table, noted in a book, that it may be for the time to come, forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. And and you can see how how the the uh, the church has trended that that very same way because we we all know that that's what he, uh, Israel did, and you can see that. You know, uh, but it's an interesting way to say it. Don't don't tell me right things. Tell me what I want to hear. It says, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, and cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon, therefore this iniquity iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly at an instant. And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that's broken in pieces, and he shall not spare, so that there shall not be in the bursting of it a shard to take fire from the hearth or to take water with all out of the pit. Thus saith the Lord God of the Holy One of Israel, In returning in rest you shall be saved, and in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and you would not. But you said, No, we will flee on horses, therefore shall you flee. And we will ride upon the swift, therefore they that pursue you will be swift. You know, it's interesting. And it, you know, because here he's talking about all this, all these things that they, they kind of want to hear what they want to hear. They want to do what they want to do. And... Uh, and he says, in returning and rest shall you be saved. And in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. You know, it's, uh, you know, uh, I think that's why we always talk about the strong, silent type. Because uh, somebody that, um, you know, I'm one of those people when I get anxious, I talk a lot. And uh, it, it could be the two pots a day of coffee as well. But, um, but you know, when I, when I get uh, anxious about something or um, something is just on my mind and I, I just I want to make it go away I I talk about it a lot and Mike can attest to that of course and uh, um, but there's something about somebody who has something that that they're dealing with and they just kind of keep it to themselves that you know any I think anybody would would think wow that's you know, that's a way more seems like way more strength of character than somebody who's got to talk about it because when you talk about it, it's, it's like I, I want this, I want you to make me feel better about this. Prophesy unto me smooth things. So, and uh, you know, every day I'm counting down the days until I move, and I'm looking at all my stuff in my house, and of course I'm going to hire movers for the big stuff, but I'm thinking of all the things that I have to do, and move and work, and. Uh, Every day I kind of reach this point where I'm just thinking, oh, man, what did I get myself into? But I talk about it a lot because it makes me anxious. And uh, um, I, I like things nice and smooth, and, and my, my comfy chair is beginning to think maybe I broke up with it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so he says that in, in returning... In rest, you should be saved, and in quietness and in confidence, should be your strength, and you would not. 
and, and our, our confidence uh, is, is in the most unshakable of things because we have this, this, this God that you, you couldn't begin to describe. You couldn't begin to, uh, to grasp the, the, the very edges of Him. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we saw, uh, we, we could see the attributes of God uh, in Jesus. And, you know, he's, he, he thought, okay, you don't get me, so if, if you could see me in a way that made sense to you, this would be, this is what I'm like. And yet, uh, uh, he's just, there, there's so much of him. Um, you know, he, he fills heaven and earth. And uh, um, I was listening to the song on the way here that said, if my heart is a cup, then your love is an ocean. And, and you fill me to overflowing. And, and it's like that because you couldn't contain him. And, uh, and, and so what a, what a place to have confidence in then and to, to find that strength that comes from that trust. He says, but you said we'll flee on horses. Of course, the flesh. We, uh, we don't want to flee upon the, the, on the flesh. That does no good, of course. So we'll ride upon the swift. Therefore, they that pursue you should be swift. A thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five shall you flee. Till you be left as a beacon on the top of the mountain, as an innocent on the top of the hill. And it's interesting because this word beacon in the, in the margin, it says a tree bereft of branches. So that's kind of a different idea, I think. But this this sense of trusting in the flesh and not in uh, not in God uh, leaves you like a like a tree with no branches. A tree with no branches is going to have no leaves. A tree with no branches is going to have no fruit. And and to say that a thousand should flee at the rebuke of one that's totally backwards of the math that God has has taught us to expect because he said that uh, that we should put a thousand to flight, just one of us, that two ten thousand. But here he's saying that a thousand of us then would, would flee at the rebuke of one if we don't have that confidence rooted in the Lord. Therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of just judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. And that's an interesting verse. Because he said that he's going to wait, and, and that he has all these good plans. He's going to be gracious to us uh, for for his namesake, for his glory. And then it says, "Blessed are all they that wait for him." So it's like this reciprocal sort of relationship. I'm going to I'm going to wait until just the right time that I've got, uh, and and I'm telling you that you'll be blessed if you wait for me. And to, to wait for him to do something when you want him to do something right now requires confidence and patience. And uh, uh, it will certainly certainly do both for you. It will definitely bring patience. You, you gain the patience as you do it. You know, getting patience is like, uh, it's like lifting weights. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, it's like, I mean, who wants to go to the gym? Everything there is really heavy. And... <laughs> And uh, that's why that's why we use aluminum ladders instead of fiberglass. They don't weigh nearly so much. And uh, but you you have to work at it, and it's difficult work. Uh, and 
by the time you're done working out, you don't feel like, you know, wow, I've, check me out. You're thinking, wow, I'm I'm going to crawl up the stairs on my face and go lay down for a while. And then, you know, when you're my age, the next day, you need somebody to oil your joints like the Tin Man before you get out of bed. So, uh, but, uh, but yes, you do indeed gain patience by going through those things where you want God to do something and, and His apparent inaction is very trying because it does indeed bring that patience. But then on the, on the back end of that, having come through it, because uh, I can tell you that he, he will come through for you. He will show up at the right time, just like here. There doesn't seem to be any reason for God to, to wait to be gracious and to have mercy, but he said he's going to wait. And so I can't explain that. He's, he's a sovereign God, but he has a reason for that, and I suppose it builds confidence and patience. But uh, um you come through those experiences and it builds your confidence the same way it builds your, your patience. And, uh, and so then they, they do really become linked and they work together because, uh, you know, I was just praying and, and searching through the Word this morning and, uh, and I just kept thinking about confidence because I was like, okay, God, I know, it's, you, you know I, I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be talking in front of everybody. Uh, it'd be nice to have something, and you've never let me down yet. So, anytime now. And uh, I'm just waiting for the fairy dust here, waiting for the wand. And uh, you know, and and he really doesn't let you down. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've fortunately it's not happened here, but I've gone to Pioneer Ridge where I had zip. And I was actually it's time to start the service, and I had not a clue about what what I was going to say. I had nothing from God at all, and I just had my little little guitar, and I just started talking and playing stuff. And God just sort of meandered into the room and said what He wanted to say, and meandered on and left me looking like, "Wow, look at that guy." <laughs> And I was like, look at that guy. That was awesome. Like, how does he do that? And uh, nobody even saw him. But, you know, uh, but he, he really does come through for you every time. And the more times he does it, the more it builds your confidence. Now, your flesh, on the other hand, yes, not so much. Because just like the example of Israel at the Red Sea, uh, here, God did all the stuff for them, and then they show up to the Red Sea, and they're like, oh, great, now we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mike and I did this project once. Nothing was going right with this project. Um, I think we're just screwed, bro. <laughs> and uh, we were both having a really bad day. And uh, he just kind of looked at me. <laughs> He's like, well, we can't exactly just give up now. So time to hike up our big boy undies and figure this out. And so we did. And it all worked out happily ever after. But, you know, we I can tell you, we needed God to come through for us on that. And uh, and he did. I mean, this, this guy with no real reason to help us brought his tractor over and pulled our little lift out of the wet grass where we got it stuck. And 
And uh, yeah, it was a great thing. He wouldn't let us pay him or nothing. And so, so God does those things, and he and he builds that sense of confidence in him coming through for us. And and he doesn't have to prove himself to us, but he has to prove himself to us because. Uh, you know, he like he told Thomas, he's like, "Blessed, you know, you're blessed. You, you've seen me. Now you believe. But blessed are those who don't see and yet believe me." And so, um, you know, a lot of I think a lot of believing God is a conscious choice. That okay, I'm going I'm going into this circumstance and I'm going to believe that this is going to turn out okay because that's who God is, and. Uh, and then, then that will be tried, just like, uh, just like the the word in Joseph's life was tried. And so, but coming out of that comes that confidence. Says, For the people in verse 19 shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem; they shall weep no more. And he'll be very gracious to thee at the voice of thy cry. And when he shall hear it, he will answer thee. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more. But thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. I love that passage. It's one of my favorites of all time. You know, because that's like Job. Sometimes you go through these things and like, Why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, sometimes I think God is, is just bragging on us. Like, well, look at this guy. Look at this girl, because I'm going to let this, you know. It's like, okay, you do this stuff in their life, and you see what happens. And 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 so the, our adversary ends up being uh, nothing more than a, a, a tool in, in the work that God does in our life. And, uh, uh, and it's an interesting thing, because when you understand that he really can't hurt you, you know, because he he cannot go beyond the bounds of what God has will, will allow him to do to you. And you see that in the Book of Job. Then it's uh, you know you'll still have this kind of wrestling with your flesh, like yeah, but I don't like this. I'd like to feel better right now. This is no fun. And uh, um, but but you know you in your uh, in your inward man you come to this place of well. But you know, God, God has is watching over me, and He has given me no reason not to trust Him. Uh, one of the most difficult things I ever went through, where it just felt like life would never ever be okay again. One of the scriptures that uh, that God gave me came from Job, where He said, "Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him." And so uh, there's this sense of confidence in God that says, "Well." Um, I, I wouldn't think that God would let something really terrible happen to me, but but if He did, then I'm still going to trust Him because He would have some sort of reason for it. It's just like the uh, the Hebrew children talking to uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, "Well, God, He could deliver us, but if not, that's okay." Um, yesterday, Mike Pontus came over and replaced this window on the second story of my house for me, and. Um, have little platforms set up between these ladders, and my boys were so fascinated by uh, seeing these grown men get high on aluminum and uh, and and you know saws and 
nail guns and all this business-like stuff. They, they were loving it. And uh, they kept wanting to stick their head out the window and see what Mike was doing. And uh, I kept asking him to stay back. And he's like, yeah, this is dangerous stuff. He's like, you know, if you bump me, you know, I might fall off and die and go to heaven. And that'd be okay. And then, but then I finished the thought. And I was like, but then I would have to finish putting in the window by myself. <laughs> so please stay back. So you know, when you're doing a project with somebody, that's why you don't want them getting hurt because you don't want to have to finish it by yourself. You know, which is kind of what I had in mind when I was telling my dad, maybe we should hire a professional to get the garage door thing fixed. Of course, it wasn't my project; it was his project. But yeah, he they they went and got this bid uh, to do some really inadvisable alterations to their house, and uh, the contractor told them, "He's like, well, you know, it's really going to hurt the resale value of your house." And they're like, "Oh, that's Greg's problem when we're dead. We don't care." <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, let's not do it because then I'm going to have to change it or something. Like that's dumb. Don't spend my inheritance on stupid stuff. Man, I didn't tell him that. But I, I happen to know this contractor. Maybe I'll call him. Tell him bid this high. That's what you do when you don't want to do it. You bid it really high. Um, where was I? Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity. And the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore. Then I shall see thy teachers. Sometimes we go through hard things for no apparent reason. Sometimes we go through things like that because God wants to teach us something. Uh, sometimes it's it's He's teaching us about something that we're doing that's destructive. You know, Mark Rutland talked about this great thing where he 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 said that uh, you know you get people that they they make like a series of really dumb decisions. And everything in their life falls apart. And then they come to church and they pray, ask for prayer because their life is under attack from Satan. And he's like, it's not satanic attack, it's stupid attack. <laughs> and he's, and so he's like, so just put your hands up by your ears, look at yourself in the mirror and go, hey, And I thought, wow, I have had some stupid attacks in my life. And, and so God knows how to fix those behaviors that lead to the stupid attack. And, and so it's really, I mean, that's just such a good way to put it. But, you know, it's really, it's really great that God does that because um, nobody likes the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Uh, but uh, uh, your eyes then do see your teachers. And, and, and your ears are then quite ready to hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. You know, it's like, it's like, well, should I turn into oncoming traffic? No. You know, it's like, this is the way, stay on the right. You know, and, and uh, I mean, life is really like that. It's sometimes we uh, have, we just have this um, preponderance to, to make bad choices, and yet God knows how to fix that. And so when you see somebody else that seems to be having a stupid attack and, and you, you'd like to fix it for them, you can have confidence that God knows how to fix it for them. He knows how to get them through it. 
and uh, it's no fun seeing anybody that you that you care about. You know, it's no fun seeing anybody have the 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 bread of adversity and the water of affliction. But it's a uh, it's one of those things that that happens to everybody. You know, there's uh, there's nothing quite like. Uh, being in a room full of school children and the teachers really getting on to somebody about something, and it just and I remember always kind of cowering in my seat, knowing that they weren't talking to me, but just thinking, oh, like I, I'm taking notes mentally here, and and so uh, you know I think um, if you're not the oldest kid, you have a great advantage in your family when you're growing up for that very reason. I didn't have anybody take notes on and I didn't have anybody to take notes on me so I just kind of made it up as I went along and so did my parents which is and that and I can tell you you future mothers out there that that is indeed how parenting goes it is made up as you go and so that's how that works I mean when you're a kid you make up the rules as you go it's like no you didn't shoot me I have an invisible impenetrable shield that it's like the force field, you can't get me. Parenting is like that. It's like, well, why can't I? Because I said so. That is my impenetrable shield. (laughs) Because I I said it, and there ends the matter. Um, Go over with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 3. So returning in rest, she be saved in quietness and confidence. Or however that went precisely. But God, He just He brings us to these places where He teaches us that we can just trust Him, you know. And when I find myself really wrestling about whether or not something is going to turn out okay, I always remind both He and I of that. It's like you have never given me a reason to doubt that you're going to come through for me. You you have you have just succeeded in everything in my life with flying colors. And so I have no reason to think that that you're going to somehow uh, let me down now. And perhaps what you have in mind and what I have in mind are not the same thing. So let's let's uh, uh, shift my thinking into your thinking, uh, and then uh, then I really will have no excuse to feel let down if things don't turn out like I wanted them to, because they turned out like you wanted them to. So, so God is, is He's so wise. He's a genius. That, and you know how He, I mean, how else could He uh, give us a, a will where we don't have to go along with Him? We don't have to let Him do what He wants to do. And yet He somehow works around it where He gets us to do what He wants us to do even though, and makes it seem like it was our idea. Like, man, what a genius. If, if I could figure out how to do that with my kids, like, man, that would be awesome. So, um, I'm starting verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, and also as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And as Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after, 
But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the inflation of the hope firm unto the end. Do we lose me? You lost me. Okay. The end. I think my, that's what happens sometimes when I talk to my kids. I get a little long-winded explaining something. I think after a while, they just sort of stop listening. And then they're thinking about something else. And then you sort of oh, he's nodding. He sounds like he's wrapping up. I better start nodding. <laughs> um, I, I did the same thing when I was a kid. You know, talking to some adult about something serious. It's like, oh, they seem to be wrapping up. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So he's talking here about how uh, how Moses was, was faithful in, in everything that God uh, wanted him to do. Faithful in all his house. Uh, but then he says that, that Jesus is superior. And he says, this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And so, so, if, so if Moses was faithful, then how much more faithful then is God? And, and he says that Moses was faithful in his house. And he says that Christ is faithful, more faithful in his house, whose house we are. And so we can hold fast then to the confidence and I like the, the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So we have this this great hope and we can rejoice in it and uh, in the confidence that, wow, he's, he's just not going to let me down. And whatever it is that I need from him, whether I know what it is or not, he does, and I can count on him to to just come through for me. And then he goes down through the rest of the chapter and talks about how the children of Israel didn't go into the promised land because of unbelief. And so, and in verse 19, he says, "So we see they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left to us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it." And so we. Uh, we want to, you know, if you don't, if you feel like you don't have that confidence, then ask. And don't blame me when things in your life seem to go awry, because I suggested praying that. But, um, you know, uh, and a, a really great way to build your confidence is get your nose in the book, because you, you, you rehearse the testimonies and the things that, that you see in the Word, and uh, uh, and then down through the ages. I mean, there are there's some really great books out there about uh, this man of God and this man of God and the things that God did in their life and stuff. And uh, man, to to just see how God just is a never failing God is is really a, a tremendous blessing. So we can hold fast to our confidence, firm to the end. Because he is a never failing God. So Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you for everything that you have given to us and blessed us with. And God, today we just pray that your presence would do in this place exactly what you want, Lord God. And uh, that we wouldn't uh, lead you through the service, but that you would lead us through the service. God, we want you to be glorified in this place as only you can be, as only you are worthy of. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.